0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: What is up, good people? Welcome to today's show. This one is a good time because it's always fun to talk to cool musicians who happen to also listen to the podcast. That's always a real treat. So I want to get right to that. But before I do, I have a couple little plugs for you. One of them is not for me. It's actually for a former guest of the show, Glitchers. If you remember Jake from Glitchers, it was a really, really good episode. They are that crazy UK band that is playing on street corners and just ripping things up. It's, I love it. I love their music. I think what they're doing is a really cool approach to uh, just trying to get people's attention, and they're doing a great job with it. So great, in fact, that they have a really, really special thing coming up I can't say too much about it, but they have a really, really special tour opportunity in front of them. And they need a new vehicle. They've been driving around an old car for a very long time, and it is just on its last legs. And so they have posted a GoFundMe, and I will put the link to that in the show notes. So if you would like to help out a really cool, completely independent UK band, uh, yeah, just go to that link and Throw them a couple bucks and they can get a new vehicle and hopefully be able to complete this really, 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 really special tour opportunity that does not come around all that often. So, yeah, there's that. And on my end of things, Instagram is finally testing something and they have allowed myself in the testing phase of this and a a bunch of others. It's not all that unique, but they let me in on a testing phase that I hope will inform their decisions going forward. Basically, they are incentivizing content at last. So for the next month or so, you are going to see me post a lot of reels, and I'm going to try to mostly keep to original reels, sound samples, little news bites, anything I think can be entertaining or informative or of any use at all. I'll be experimenting with a lot of reels because... Instagram is actually paying me for the very first time per view. You don't have to do anything other than just slide over there and watch a bunch of reels, and that's it. You don't have to do anything. It doesn't cost you anything. So if you are following the Tone Mob on Instagram, awesome. You should see those. And if you're not, please slide over to IG and give me a follow over there and watch as many of those reels as you can tolerate because they are indeed going through a testing phase where they're going to be paying me for the next month or so for everyone that I post. So hopefully that will lead them to, you know, adopt a similar style of compensation for other creators and maybe make this permanent. I don't know. They're testing it out and they're going to see how it works. They're, They're very opaque over there. I haven't actually spoken to anybody. It's just one of those things they shoved into my notifications and It's very strange. I don't understand how any of that works, but yeah, that's that, and uh, let's shut up so that we can start talking again to the boys from Old Currents. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Jake and Joe from Old Currents. What's going on, fellas?
0: Just another day. Day How's off. it going? How's it going?
1: <laughs> Hanging out. We're just going to sit here and pretend like we haven't been talking for five minutes already. <laughs> I don't even know? know what you're talking about, Blake. I'm not talking about anything. I wouldn't <laughs> ever pull back the curtain that way and reveal <laughs> all the secrets of the podcast world. That'd be such a terrible thing. Oh, no, never. To do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... Super cool for you guys to come on and hang out. This should be a lot of fun. It's always cool when, you know, not everybody that comes on is familiar with the show initially, and so it's cool when people are like, oh, I've been listening to it for a while. So that's that's really nice. I appreciate that, and it always makes things go a little, you know, you know what the you know what the deal is. It makes things go a little bit smoother. So thank you guys. This no, should be fun. thank you.
2: No, thank you. Yeah.
1: So, so I mean, you can pick this uh, in whatever order you want but let's uh, let's dive right into it. Let's get into the the whole musical backstory. When did you each start playing and what led you to, you know, being in the band that you're in now? Let's talk about it.
0: So for me, um, I started playing bass actually when I was in like 6th or 7th grade. Um, we're from Glen Rock, New Jersey and it everyone played everyone just like picked up an instrument like over the summertime for some reason. So All of my friends at the time, like, they bought guitars, they bought drum sets, and if you didn't play an instrument, you were kind of instantly excluded from hangs. So (laughs) they needed a bassist. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll just play the bass. And um, from there, just started playing guitar and songwriting out of necessity because then there would be points throughout high school where, uh, you know, I wasn't in a band. And as a bassist, there's really not much you can do if you don't have a band. So started learning guitar and writing songs because I didn't want to be dependent on anybody else to have to go play shows. I can take this as far as I want to take it, and then, yeah, like 15 years later, here I am. And I mean, if everything stopped tomorrow, it has been such a cool ride to this point. And like, I don't know, it's it's been so much fun, and yeah.
2: Uh, for me, um, I actually moved to Glen Rock my freshman year of high school. So that was a fun little trade. I got to leave all my friends and meet a whole bunch of people during a very uh, interesting time. But I moved and everyone was playing guitar, and I I, I hadn't played guitar from where I come from, so I, I had to pick it up real quick. Or like he said, I had no one to hang out with on Friday and Saturday, so mm-hmm. uh, although I was a little bit behind, I, I picked it up. And then me and Jake have been out of a bunch of different bands, a bunch of different like projects. Hell, I was playing drums at one point, and then we decided that I'm better at guitar. Well, better is I guess for the listener, but. I'm better suited for this project (laughs) on guitar. So then I I moved over to guitar after, I think we've probably been, well, me specifically, I've I've been in this town maybe about 15 years. So, I mean, for most people, not very long, but uh, I don't remember a time before guitar and I don't want to, so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's really an
1: interesting situation you guys found that like you basically had no one to hang out with. If they if you didn't play usually I think people find the opposite to be true it's like well, where's all the musicians where's my <laughs> who's gonna play with me I'm oh, the yeah. only guitar player it's a really what do you think like caused that was it like the time like at the time I'm guessing if it was 15-ish years ago you know that that was really in the throes of the whole warp tour thing and all that was it was it that or what caused this kind of weird microcosm of a bunch of musicians.
0: I think like we were uh, like the tail ends almost of a generation. So um, probably like the biggest bands to come from our town is they're this indie punk band, Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. So oh, I love that band. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. And so good. We, uh, yeah. Our middle school and high school was one building. So like in middle school, we would see Titus Andronicus like playing basement shows, uh, bands like no, uh, no Glory, VCR, The Decade. So it was just like, at the time, they seemed like they were on top of the world. Like they didn't just seem like they were kids playing basement shows. It was like, you know, like that is something to aspire to be. And like, I guess having immediate, or um, I guess musical heroes in the same school as you kind of just gave you like the blueprint to, to become a musician. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah, pretty much it's a, like, it's just wanting to be like the older kids. There
2: was also a lot of DIY yeah. during the time. I remember a lot of like athletic club shows or wherever you could get, like you said, basement, uh, backyard shows, anything. So it like it felt a lot more attainable. So I think a lot of like Glen Rock and Glen Rock's a pretty small town overall. So like a decent amount of people are going. They're talking about it. So it's just like, wait, we can do this. Let's do this. And then everyone's working on doing it. So if you're not, then you're by yourself with nothing to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting because
1: I always considered my school as like having quite a few bands. We had enough bands in the school to have a pretty large battle of the bands that the school put on. Yeah. Uh, and but even still, as a percentage of the population of the school, is a fairly large high school, so there there were just a lot of kids. So I just kind of assumed any high school that had a lot of kids probably had a lot of bands. But it's really interesting to hear like there's nothing to do if you're not you're not playing something. Like, that was definitely not the case for me. Still, most people were going to football games and all that. And I was like, you know, the nerd in the in the, my dad's paint shop, you know, jamming around with my friends. So that's that's really cool that they had such a big impact. Does, did Titus Andronicus? did they take off like really quickly? Is that why it had such a big impact, you think?
0: Yeah, like within within, I feel like the local like music community for sure, but then like I remember being in high school when they put out the monitor. They were graduated by that point. I think Patrick was, at, like, still at Ramapo College or just leaving? Don't quote me on that. But, uh, but then we saw, like, Pitchfork reviewed the monitor and gave it, like, a really good rating. So everyone's just like, oh, my God. Like, you can, you can do this. Like, right. Like, I don't know. It, it was just, like, super cool. But, uh, but, I mean, everyone was still going to football games and stuff, too. Like, I, I don't want to make it seem like Glenrock was this, like, completely weird art music town, but it's just like, I feel like everyone was like multifaceted with their interests. Like the football player also was in the drama club. The kids in the drama club Mm -hmm. were also playing music. So it was just kind of everyone, I would say just, yeah, multiple interests. There was no, I feel like this is a jock. This is an art guy. Like everyone did everything, which is cool. That is cool. That is very cool.
1: So how long after you started playing did you guys like start getting into the actual like the the tone of your instrument? I know like in high school I was just like it needs to be as distorted and saturated as possible and <laughs> scoop all the mids, right? Like that's what you do. And then as you progress, you learn there's other ways of doing things. Uh, when did you guys start getting into gear and pedals and whatever else you you happen to find along the way?
2: So funny enough, I mean. For for me to really figure out what tone was, because like you said, me being the lead guitarist, I was like, I just need my mid up to 10, and it sounds great. That's all I need. Is mid up mm-hmm. to 10, a decent amount of gain, and it just sounds like a ripping thing. But it took me a while to kind of like take a step back and look at it. Uh, me and Jake have been like figuring out tone. I'll say it this way. We played a lot of bad toned before we figured it out. I think we've only <laughs> recently started diving into tone maybe like... I want to say within like the past like 7 years we started doing research and looking up like what works with what, what creates the sounds that we're hearing from bands like a Gaslight Anthem, Hot Water Music and all these things because like that's what we mm-hmm. grew up listening to. But it's cuz when we first started we had very minimal. We didn't uh, we didn't believe in pedals. We were like, "Ah, pu-. we barely need a tuner pedal. It'll be fine. It's punk rock without <laughs> it." Obviously, that's just I mean, if if that's your thing, please feel free to do it. We realized that was not our thing. But we we had we we had so little gear that when we started this band, we started playing in a guitar center back room where they used to have the cabinets. And we would just mm-hmm. set up and start writing the songs there. Like that's where this all started was in a guitar center room because we didn't have gear. We didn't have good sound. So as far as like learning tone it's been within the last five to seven years that we started getting to a sound that we think is like something that fits us, something that we want, something that we want to produce and something that we're proud to give out to people to listen to. hmm Did you have an aha moment? I know the first time I
1: plugged into an Orange Tiny Terror, I was like, oh, that's what tube amps do. Now I get it. <laughs> Did you have anything like that?
0: Yeah, like um, for me, I think what got me into tone, like, What's what led up to the aha moment was uh heard somewhere in the between by Streetlight Manifesto. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like the first time I like I really listened to the guitar. and like, oh, my God, like that sounds like that sounds badass, man. Um And did some research, found out that Tom uses a Mesa Boogie dual rec. Guitar Center had a Mesa Boogie dual rec. So when we would go to like the loud room, I would always plug into that. So that was the thing that kicked it off for me. I mean... And then no disrespect to Mesa Boogie, not my sound, as I found out over the years. But like, that was the moment where I'm like, like, because I guess at the time, Mesa Boogie was still considered like a boutique company. Maybe they still are. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's, it, you know, that word is obviously kind of loaded. You know, it, there's some people say if you're not, you know. Hand sorting everything and uh, hand soldering everything point to point, then you're not boutique, you know. And I think that that's probably kind of a ridiculous statement. I, I it's such a loaded term that people get so worked up over. But uh, I think it's probably safe to say that Mesa is probably a, considered a big amp company at this point, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially being acquired by Gibson and and all that jazz. I think they're probably one of the one of the big ones, but. You know the Randy's legacy is, you know, he he started out just like everybody else, like building amps. You know, I don't know exactly where in his garage or his living room or something. Like he started out just doing it, just like you anybody who starts building amps. So it's pretty cool to see what it's become. But, oh yeah,
0: I'd right. bet it's a yeah. garage too. Every story starts in a garage, whether it's like what like Apple started in a garage, all bands like everyone does it in their garage. No one does it in the basement. That's the one thing I felt <laughs> like I found out the origin story is. It's always the garage. Uh,
1: well, Earthquaker Devices started in a basement, though. Love so, them. Hey.
2: Love them. Love that mm-hmm. stuff.
1: It, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they started in a basement, and they I can't remember how many employees Jamie told me he had before he was like, I think we need to move out of the basement. But <laughs> it was a lot. It was like, how many people? How big is your basement? Like, yeah.
2: What's going it's on in It's a right clown now? car of tone and magic. Or maybe not even <laughs> a
0: big basement. It's just a bunch of really tiny employees. Oh, we can oh, talk about we have that. have to think about that. That's
1: that's a very good point. He's just got just ch- children. Wait, hold on. These are rumors get started. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we did. Yeah. Look what we did. Sorry, Jamie. Sorry, Julie. Julie, Julie please. I don't don't call me. We'll be fine. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but uh, Joe, what about you? Did you have an aha moment like that? My
2: aha moment. To be honest, I I'm the guy who. Up until recently, every other show I had something new. It was a new guitar because like like I said, I didn't have as much time to figure out what I wanted like Jake did and the other members of our band. They had been playing for a while. Like when, when I first started playing, I was looking up to these guys who I'm now playing with. It, honestly, recently it was it was working on this album most recently because I, I changed gear all the time. I changed between amps. I changed between guitars. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know how to recreate these sounds, but in in the studio with Chris Padami over at portrait we I, I that was my aha moment of playing those leads playing the the rhythm depending on what I was on the song that's when I was like like I think I I found the bass i mean every everybody needs a new guitar everybody needs that new pedal that's coming out that's never gonna stop of course but um it, it was during this album that I really feel like this is this is what I want this is what I love making this is the sound that I want to keep working with
1: mm-hmm and uh, so, what have you landed on for this record, both of you? Like, what's the, what are you playing? What's it going into? Let's let's dive into it a little. Uh, bit. I'll let you go first. You have, I
2: think, a little bit lesser gear than I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I'm a little more um, bare bones than Joe. So, for the record, um, I used a, a 1978 Marshall JMP through um, hey, yep. a four by mm-hmm. twelve with green backs. Not mine. It was. They were Chris's. Um, mm-hmm. But I've always wanted to get a Somatone amp, like, for years. Oh, yeah. Um, I know he's been on the show, but we played, like, five five or six years ago with Rocky from Mercy Union, his old band. And he was the mm-hmm. first person I ever saw using Somatone. And then I was watching a rig rundown, and then, like, Jason Isabel uses Somatone. And I'm just like, well, I mean, if it's good enough for them, like, who am I to, <laughs>
1: right. to, to right. not
0: get it? So I finally... That was my pandemic purchase. I saw someone, like, half an hour away put up a Roaring 40. So that's been what I've been using, a Tone Roaring 40. Um, and to me, like, it's like it's like the clarity of a Vox, but it has, like, the beef of a Marshall. And I feel like it's, like, that perfect... It can do everything for me. So I've been mm-hmm. using that as my, as my main amp. Um, and then guitar-wise, uh, Gibson ES-335. Like Like, you hear, like... People like our parents' age talking about like, oh, like I worked all summer long in the 70s and I bought my Chevy Nova or whatever your car is, your Corvette. Like that was my like worked all summer, got it. And so that's been my guitar for, for the last 10 years. And mm-hmm. it's perfect. Had to swap out the pickups though. Loller Low Wind Imperials. Nothing nothing Ooh. better in my opinion. Oh, love the
1: Low Wind Imperials. <laughs> love those things. Those things sound so good guitar. Played uh, some cowers with those, and it's just like, ooh. (laughs) yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, as a kid, you think, like, we need high output, high gain. high. And then, like, as (sighs) I've gone, I'm like, how can I get less gain out of these pickups? How can I have less output out of these? I love low output pickups. They they just give you more to play with as far as dynamics go. I mean, there's a time and place for hot pickups, but... I do like a, a little lower output pickup these days. So oh, yeah.
0: It. That and even like, um, was just like going down the rabbit hole and figured out like, oh, if you physically lower the pickup too, it lowers the output even more. So, mm-hmm. not to brag, my output barely even exists. <laughs> so,
1: you know, <laughs> I barely make sound, actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then right, pedal Joe. board wise, oh. pretty sparse. Just, um, yeah. Me and Joe got into like the Bowman audio stuff, like James from Against Me. So I just use his overdrive, his white lightning boost, um, an old blood noise uh, procession, which I have dialed low. So it's almost like a reverb. And that's pretty much my board. Yeah. Bare bones. Oh, man. And simple. I don't I, need anything. I
1: was I was just playing his uh, yeah, his overdrive the other day, the, the, the clone. And uh, it's one of the better clones that I've played in, in my opinion. I think oh, it's yeah. awesome. It's amazing.
2: I love that thing. That's on my board as well. Mm-hmm. So um, what? What about your your rig, Joe? Let's go through it. My rig. Uh, well, for for recording, I use the same JMP that, that Jake used because we just love the tone so much that that's pretty much what we went through. Uh, I have a Gibson 2016 traditional. Uh, I love that thing. I, I beat it. I beat it. Damn, where to hell? Um, on top of that, I have a custom black 35 Telecaster that has two humbuckers in it. Um, that has two Seth lovers in it for the, the Telecaster, the Gibson nice. that I just mentioned that I got. Oh, bare knuckle, uh, the mule. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, I mean a little pricey, but goddamn, is that worth it? Cause that, that'll hit the, the crunch if I need it when it's distorted. But if I need to hit some open cores, it can do that for me as well. And during recording, I also had, I think it was new at the time, so it was probably like a 2021, uh, the, the Fender Telecaster, the, the Performer series. I had a humbucker single coil for that, so some of my open chord things that you hear me strumming through, that is through that. I have sold that because I got a nice uh, Gibson humbuck, uh, Gibson Hummingbird Pro that I made a trade during uh, covid But uh, that's what's on that album. As far as pedals that I used, I have a Analog Man King of Tone, which I don't turn off, I don't move, and in fact, I damn near lock it in a case so no one can touch it, but in between (laughs) shows. (laughs) uh, I also have the Bowman Overdrive, like we said, the the clone, which is just too good. It it gets hard to determine which I'm gonna use between songs. I think, honestly, every time I play, I switch between the distortions, just to kinda Mm -hmm. see, like, how does this feel in this room? How does this feel here? Like, what's the difference here? Um, I also try to put a lot of like reverb into my leads and a lot of like effects. So that's like when we were talking about uh, Earthquakers, I love them. I had an Earthquakers, a ghost echo on for a decent amount. Um, and I also am in love with Walrus audio. They have such, such incredible stuff. Um, I had the soul on for, for a decent amount of things. I know I had the Fathom on as well along with your basic, like, uh, the EP Exotic Boost, um, and also the Walrus Ages, because I love that. that. That has a lot of versatility to it. I can get that distorted grunge that I need, but I can also get, like, a decent light like uh overdrive for when I'm doing chords so that that's mostly what I use for for the album. what I have now amp wise and thanks Chris for making me waste my money I actually went out and got a <laughs> nineteen eighty marshall jMP two by twelve um yes yes sir it's mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's great. I actually haven't used it too much because now here's my other two by twelve. I have uh Benson chimera reverb.
1: Yeah. My so, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know you have a bet. I was listening to the, the Bowman one not too long ago. And I know you have the Vincent, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I do. I have the Vincent. I have the original Vincent. Yeah. Oh, the original. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It, I I love that thing, and it's important for me because that thing has all of four knobs for me to mess with, and I'm absolutely a tinkerer. If it's pre show, during show, hell, after the show, I am I'm, I'm messing with the goddamn knobs. So like to have that and <laughs> such an incredible sound that I don't have to move too much around with. It, it's it's definitely it's been my go to as of recent. I think well, we're playing a show this weekend. I'm gonna bring the Marshall out just to see how she does. But mostly, you'll see me with that Benson. Also, not too many people around have a Benson, so I also like to show off. So take that right, else. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not the easiest thing to to get your hands on. I feel incredibly spoiled. Chris lives like 10 minutes from my house, and I go over there all the time. And so it's like like I get to hang out with like one of the the amp guys of our generation you know it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, like and uh, we've had this weird parallel career path you know the first time i met him was he was fixing one of my amps in the back of a store called old town music here in portland and i saw the original uh uh the original monarch sitting up there or one of them you know it was very early version sitting on the shelf i'm like what's that he's like oh it's my amp it's like oh you make your own amps he's like yeah and i plugged into that and i was like well i'll be buying one of these <laughs> Uh, so I saved up a little money and bought, so I have a pretty early Monarch. I've got that. And then the Vincent, yeah, that's, it's actually named after my kid. Oh, really? Oh, that's, yeah. So that's, that was something I, I, I had him make the Vinny. The listeners have heard this story a million times. I'm sorry, but it's been a while since I've told it. So it's okay. I had him make the Vinny for me, uh, as an aesthetic kind of partner to my Monarch when my son Vincent was born. I was like, I want, I just want it to look like my amp. It can be a, a toy. I don't care. And he wasn't as busy as he was at the time, so he could entertain my dumb ideas. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he made the Vinny and he said, it's, if I make it, it's not going to be a toy. It's going to sound awesome. And it did. But I made a request. I was like, is it possible to take, because it's a one-watt amp, to take and put an instrument level out on this so you could run it into a bigger amp if you want? And he was like, actually, yeah. So I did that and I started running it into my Monarch and I'm like, dude this is the sound and we started talking about it i was like you need to make this a channel quote unquote channel switching amp and put it all together in one head maybe with a little more wattage so when you engage the drive section of the vincent it's actually slamming an entire another amplifier output put transformer and everything into the front of a like a modified chimera circuit that so it's like it's really two amps <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a weird thing but yeah, so he, he he took you know, we kind of brainstormed that a little bit together, he had a lot of it and then I had a couple little things to throw his way I talked him into the effects loop because he didn't originally want to do that, he doesn't really like effects loops because he's like, it gives it that weird 80s whooshy sound, mm-hmm. In, and I was like but if it's between the two circuits it should be like it's going into the front of the Chimera, basically mm-hmm. but after the dirt of the, of the Vinny and he did that, and it worked out so well. Like, you said dumb idea, and look what you made. <laughs> <laughs> Not that dumb, I don't think. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it worked, you know? I, I didn't actually know if it was possible. I just,
0: I just say a lot of things, and hopefully people smarter than me can figure them out. <laughs> I'm That's totally my with my you on that. <laughs> I have a question for you now. So, okay. my pandemic purchase was the Roaring 40. He had a hummingbird. What was your pandemic purchase that, like, I have two years off. I need to upgrade something. Did hmm. you have one, or was it only one? Yeah, <laughs> that's the other part. Yeah,
2: that's gonna, I was gonna I have say a lot more I than one, but that's my main <laughs> one. <laughs> uh,
1: probably the guitar wise, I guess it's easiest to say like my most recent guitar purchase was a uh Dan Armstrong. So I got a Dan Armstrong, uh, one of the Lucite guitars, you know, like Greg from Black Flag, you know, that was mm-hmm. my whole thing. I was just like, I, I've always wanted one of those. I went to Nashville. To do some string joy stuff, and I w- had to go to Carter's because I mean that's what you do when you're <laughs> in Nashville, right? And they had an original Dan Armstrong there. Oh. I think it was a I think it was a '69, and I played that one. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. Ugh, I don't really need it, but it's cool. And then I took a picture of it and posted it uh, either on Inst I think on Instagram and to the Tone Mob Facebook group. Um, but I was like man, look at this thing. It's so cool. And then my buddy Hank, who used to run Old Town here in Portland, he was in the process of starting his own shop. And he he sent me a, a picture. He's like, hey, check this out. And he it was one of the Made in Japan reissued Dan Armstrongs. And it was quite a bit cheaper. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll try that when I get home. I went over and tried it. And I was like, I actually like this better. Like quite a bit better than the original. It was... It's got a better bridge system on it. The original, for how innovative and forward thinking they were at the time, they just went with like a standard one piece rosewood bridge for some reason. And I'm just like, that's weird. (laughs) Since you thought of all this other stuff, (laughs) like two were definitely a thing by that time. So I don't know why he did that, but they upgraded the bridge on the Made in Japan versions. And then uh, just the fit and finish, the neck is better made to me. Like it's just everything's just done better on the Made in Japan version, and they're cheaper.
0: So, you know,
2: why you not save that money to get another one? So how, I get I, it. Yeah. How much <laughs> yeah, does So a, I got the Dan Armstrong.
0: How much is I? So like I've never heard of a Dan Armstrong. I know that might be like, I might be blowing my tone cred right now.
1: Oh no! But you're blowing it, man. I know. We <laughs> just like, got on the tone mob, and you're blowing
0: it. Come on. No, but like I'm <laughs> gonna, I need to write that down just so I can like have some homework afterwards.
1: Yeah, it's okay. a. So it's a. It's actually a, a Lucite guitar. It's Lucite. clear. So yeah, it's it's Ooh. made of yeah it's I'm looking at it right now and I'd run over and grab it but the listeners can't hear that anyway so yeah so whatever yeah can't when, when yeah, we so it's like pull it in front but the I'll, camera. Sh- I'll show you I'll show you when we get done recording but it's pretty wild they have a has a pickup system in it where because it's you know it's it's plastic right it or fiber whatever Lucite is I don't know technically what polymer it is leave me <laughs> alone I'm not a scientist <laughs> leave <laughs> but it, it it it's chambered so you can you take a thumb screw out of the back slide the pickup out and you slide another one right in put the thumb screw back in so you can change between different humbuckers and single coil and everything like super super fast i've actually and, heard of that yeah and i i was lucky enough that this one came with uh both of the uh, or the original dan armstrong pickups and then one kent armstrong which is his kid uh, well, I don't think he's a kid. he's probably older than me his son <laughs> <laughs> uh who started making replacements for them and for a bunch of stuff he's made a lot of pickups for a lot of people but so I have some options that I get to play with with it too and it mostly to be perfectly honest, it just looks cool yeah. that's uh, that's it you know that's the
2: number one at least looks cool <laughs> yeah. I hope it sounds good and like that
1: sounds like, it does sound good, but it also <laughs> looks cool it plays good so yeah, yeah. that's.
0: That's, like, half the battle. That's, it that's like, me. Like, at work, like, slinging guitars. That's what I always tell people when they want to get, like, guitars. I'm like, it, like, throw everything else you know about guitars away. Like, do you want to pick it up? Does it look cool? Do you want yeah. to play it? Like, I feel like that's that's the first thing. Do mm-hmm. you want to play it? It's
2: a good salesman. He has me wanting to buy a guitar now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is, though, like, if you look at it and go, ugh.
1: Like that's not inspiring you to make anything or do anything with it if you don't like how it looks. The unfortunate reality about this whole tone journey, and and I think if we're all being honest with each other, we'll we'll admit we do a lot of hearing with our eyes. You know, oh, 100%, like that one yes, has a absolutely. blue eye. That one's got a blue LED. It must sound better. <laughs> like
2: clearly, <Yeah. laughs> obviously, it's blue. That's also why I love Walrus and uh, Earthquakers because they have such awesome art and like designs on their pedals that it's like. No one's going to see my pedals other than me because I'm staring down at them. But to me, it's like, it looks great. This is step one to me purchasing it. I already have my credit card out. Next is just seeing how much it costs, and then I hope it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the aesthetics
1: have a lot to do with all of those decisions we make, right? Like, everybody, yeah. whether they want to admit, I used to think, like, I don't care what things look like. And then you start thinking about, like, well, why do you wear that flannel? Why do you wear that hat? Because you like how it looks. Like, why yeah. do you? Why, everybody has an aesthetic preference, whether they want to admit it or not. It's totally, totally true.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, we had a friend growing up who would always say he doesn't care about the look. It just needs to feel good and it needs to sound good. And, like, why can't it look good? Like, you, like, yeah. you can't find all three in one guitar. I, I just, I don't know. I thought it was ridiculous. You can. I've done
1: it a bunch of times. Yeah. And they all they all look and play differently and sound differently, but you know, I, I do admittedly like buy things. I'm like, I don't have hmm, I don't have a green guitar yet. Maybe I should get a green one. Why? Because I don't have a green guitar yet. That's yeah. why like I don't need any more reason than that. You need <laughs> one to match every outfit. That's right. That's right. We need to we need to coordinate. My wife would be very proud of my <laughs> coordination. <laughs> I need a plaid guitar. That's what I
0: need. That's not Pled a bad guitar. idea. There's
2: got to be one out Let's talk about a line of plaid guitars. We can work this out. Maybe work with like Levi or something.
0: No, <laughs> Levi's is too big. We got to go like a smaller company. Maybe something like, like Outdoor Life or something. I think they're a Sears company. This is
2: another dumb idea that's going to not be a dumb idea, Blake. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I w- there's things I want to say right now
1: that I can't say publicly because there's something really cool coming, and that's all
0: oh.
1: I Oh. You almost it heard it here first, ladies and gents. <laughs> almost did. I will say this. It's plaid related. Love here it. There you go. That's love it, love say. it. hmm And I kind of didn't, I didn't actually think about that particular project when I said I wanted a plaid guitar. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's happening <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be revealed soon. I'm not involved. I just know about it. There's a lot of things people are like, oh, are you involved in? I'm involved in a lot of things but some things i just happen to hear about first that doesn't mean i have anything to do with it at all
0: yeah and this anyway. got to be the coolest <laughs> thing though sorry like but like you're probably in the loop on everything people <laughs> probably tell you everything first like this is that's got to be like the biggest perk of of having a tone podcast it you know
1: it actually it actually is i don't i don't hear everything first but with a specific handful of people i do if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily know what, what Earthquaker is going to do, even though I've had like I can text Jamie and we, we horse around a little bit. But we're not like close, close to the way like Chris and I are, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, we go to lunch together and things like that. Uh, so there's a handful of people that, yeah, I definitely know about things <sighs> before they happen. But it isn't everybody. You know the way it maybe seems.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, from where I'm sitting, it's like it's like you have to have the in, inside scoop on. Everything.
2: We're gonna hold on to the dream that you know everything, and we're just gonna bother you and ask you about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you can bother me and ask me about stuff for Perfect. sure. And That's not any different than what everybody else does. So that's
1: that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and it's not a bother. I love it. I Perfect. love it. Perfect. It's yeah. So, what what are you guys thinking is kind of the next step? So you got this uh, this new record. Are you going to you know now that touring is seemingly an option again? Is that the next step, or where are you guys where are you guys headed?
0: I would say we want to do some touring. Um, so like we're in our late twenties, early thirties. Um, we're not in a position where we can just drop everything and hit the road and come out uh, like come away with a loss of five hundred dollars. Right. Um, like our bassist, like he has a house, he's married. Um, you know, Joe uh, and our drummer Greg, like they just got a place together. Like I'm moving out um, from where I'm at. So fortunately we can't be poor and do it the way <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. But tr- responsible touring. So like part of the the perks of where I work is I have gig leave. So I can submit like all the shows I have coming up. I can be like, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for 2 weeks, 3 weeks, whatever it is, and I can come back to a job," which makes things a lot less nerve-wracking. But mm-hmm. yeah, touring would be the ultimate goal. Um and I would say we've talked about putting out some more music over the summer. Don't we hold flirted me to with anything, it, but <laughs> But, I mean, we're always writing, so there's always music Heck on we, deck.
2: We like the sound of this one so much, we're like, hey, what if we do another one so we can like the sound of two of them?
0: Ooh. You know,
2: and that's, I mean, two is better than one is what I'm told. So, I mean, definitely, like we said, touring as long as we can make it happen. But, like, we can still do every weekend or known to man, and we can play shows during the week within the realm of New Jersey. But, uh, yeah, touring and maybe some new music. You'll see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, I can't yeah. can't wait 'cause like done a little bit of touring in the past, nothing as heavy duty as the people I look up to, but like those are some of the best experiences in my life. And like I wanna do it again now that like not not to you know we were kids before, so there was a lot of learning on the fly. And I feel like we have our, our feet under us now and we kind of know what we're about, we know what we're doing. So I kinda wanna I wanna try it again as an adult, for lack yeah. of a better phrasing.
1: Yeah. So I, this is one thing I, I like to bring up when touring on a budget comes into the uh, the vocabulary because I it's something that I actually have thought about for a long time, not being somebody who's ever toured. Like I never put too much thought into it, but I did always kind of question uh, until I heard uh, Skyler from uh, He is Legend talking about it on my friend Dewey, Dewey us' podcast, Pure Pleasure podcast. And He said their band will go and they'll do a big tour, right? And, you know, they got, you get tired of sleeping in Walmart parking lots in the van, right? Like, that's that's not fun for anybody. But he said, what like bands seem to underutilize are things like the KOA campgrounds and things like that. He's like, you can get a whole cabin for just a little bit. I don't, I don't know exactly what the pricing is, but, and you can all have a bed and you can't do it every night, but if you can do it like once, you know, once every few days, like, you can all have a bed. You can all take a shower. Like, you, yeah, you know, like, it be becomes the, thing, the shower. My hair
0: looks terrible if I don't shower.
1: Oh, I mean, terrible. showering, it's... To put it in perspective, I think every band struggles with this, regardless of how big they are, because uh, I'm pretty good friends with Brian from Lucero now, mm-hmm. and they're actually playing a show this summer, like, 15 minutes from my house, nice. which is kind of crazy. Because I live a little bit out in the Burbs, and then this is actually kind of out in the country where they're playing. And I texted him, like, hey, you're playing super close to my house. Like, we, we should do something. And he's like, can I use your shower? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Lucera's are real bands, too. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> can we do something? Like, can yeah, we can... shower together? <laughs> I was like, you can use my shower? Sure. Like, I didn't expect that. But, like, they're a pretty successful band, right? They've, they've been doing it a long time. Yeah, And even at their level, he's... He's like, yeah, can he come use your showers? The main question.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's more of just like an indictment on um, the water pressure in, in those buses' showers. Because, like, that's you true. need quality water pressure. Like, it is an underrated uh, luxury. Or I Blake think. has oh.
2: incredible water pressure and it is known for yeah, the like communities that we need to use the shower. That's when we really have made it. We're on the podcast, but when do we get to use your shower? <laughs> you know, honestly, my water pressure... Leaves a little bit to
1: be desired. I could oh use a little no. more. Yeah, it's not bad. It's average. Okay. And I could use I I could use some good pressure. You know, I'd like to I'd like a little more than yeah. average. You know, uh, I hadn't thought about it till just now. Now that you mention <laughs> it. Yeah, my shower experience is actually subpar to where I would like it to be. This is a. Uh,
0: this is what huh. I always Next think w- about.
2: You had a podcast, and now we gave you work on the weekend. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Uh, now I'm going to have to, like, yeah, upgrade my plumbing. Thanks a lot, guys.
1: <laughs> Great. Damn That's just what currents. I want to do. Ugh, those old currents.
2: Uh, actually, I forgot. That's a. am glad you said that. Where'd the name come from? Uh, so, funny enough, like I said, me and Jake have been in a lot of different projects. So, one morning after drinking far too heavily and waking up at, like, 7 o'clock, and I don't know why it happened this early, I woke up and I was like, this is the old rendition of a current band. And I was like, we're old currents. That's it. That's what we're going with Nice. I, I like it. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a that statement fits. of fact more than anything.
1: Yeah. It's uh, naming anything. I, I've discovered naming anything is so hard. Yeah. Like I, I'm in the middle of trying to come up with a name for another podcast. You know, I'm constantly working on new names for pedals and stuff with string joy and like naming things. Naming bands, naming anything is so hard to find a good one that hasn't already been taken. I think I th- uh,
0: <laughs> the secret so is, tough. and, and this, is, this is where I've come to, is that the name doesn't have to be good, but the product has to be good. Because, like, like, for example, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, that is the stupidest band name in the history of band names. <laughs> yeah, it's but pretty But they're dumb. a great band. They're all very good musicians. So that then makes the band's name cool. So as long as the product or the band is good, you could call it anything and no one will care.
1: I I think that's true to a degree, but I wonder if the Red Hot Chili Peppers had a cooler name, could they have gotten more traction earlier by getting more people in no, the door? Now now he's got you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's also that's, true.
0: Good point. That's
1: what I think. Well, and that's, it's definitely that way with products, you know, like if you were like, this is a these are the worst strings of all time. And you called it the big dumb string. Like, sure, some people would buy it as a novelty, but most people are like, oh, I'm not buying those. Like, you know, it's a, That's what you buy. My my theory. Theory. What did you buy? Oh, I bought big dumb
2: strings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we got the biggest, dumbest strings that they
0: sold. Just one, though. Not a pack. Just one string.
1: <laughs> just one string. 195. Like, that's all it is. Just that's all I needed. Huge, that's it. Yep. I mean, to be fair, the to, to the all the uh, the gentlemen out there, uh, they pretty much do just play the one and two strings. They have like a nine-string guitar, and uh, they only play the two. Which you yeah. know, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, that's what I see. That's what yeah, I see. Different strokes
0: are different folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Makes I you
1: do happy. it too. I do it too. I just don't have a nine-string guitar yet. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yet.
0: <laughs> When's that coming?
1: I don't know. I'm still working around uh, figuring out the seven. Seven's a, a I like it. I'm, I like the seven, but I think getting to, to the eight or nine might be t- too much for my brain, but maybe not. <laughs> I yeah. barely play six strings. I don't need any more.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I used to think that, but now I figured out after spending time with the seven, I'm like, I get it. This is fine. All right.
2: I'm going to have to give yeah. that a noodle then.
1: Yeah. It takes some time. It takes some time to get used to, especially if you get a longer scale length. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, I used to think 27 inches was like just forever long and now i regularly play a 28 baritone so it's yeah. it, it's fine you know and that's something i
0: want to dabble in eventually baritone guitars someday oh, i just need to save oh. up a few bucks
1: <laughs> oh you got to you got to do it you have you to do it his it's hard
2: strings bro it, it,
1: it's it, it's it's so enriching to play a baritone guitar it's like cool when you hit just like an just like some big chunky chords <laughs> with like a lot of fuzz it's and it just sh- Takes over your whole everything. Yeah, yeah. It's with the baritone. It's even more extreme. It's so good. You got to try it.
0: Yeah. At some point, I only tried it one time. We were at a music uh, music store Rousseau's in Asbury Park, and they I, I, a Reverend something. I don't know what their uh, model names are, but like our friend Zach, who works there, just like gave me the baritone to try, and like it was five minutes of pure bliss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's, there, and there's a ton more options than there used to be, too. Like, Reverend's got a lot of good stuff. Some of the new Squire baritones look really cool. Like, you don't have to go as crazy as... Like, that wasn't really an option when we all started playing first. That there, It was a thing, but you couldn't just walk into any shop and they were going to have a baritone, very you know, not very likely. Now they're, now they're everywhere, and I think everyone should have one. Maybe two. When I'm elected president, it'll be a baritone in every house. That's
2: right. <laughs> Perfect. Can we run for your cabinet at least? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can be my secretary of defense. Perfect. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be uh, the press secretary. How's that? Because that seems like the worst job of all time.
0: <laughs> I'll do it. I, I love people. I, I'm, I'm decently well-spoken. I'll just ramble on, and eventually the press will just clear out. It'll be. It'll but be just awesome. keeps, He's
1: like he's said a lot of words, but I don't understand any of it. <laughs> yeah,
0: they don't really mean anything.
1: <laughs>
2: oh yes.
1: So let me ask you this. In regards to touring, if there was a dream band for you guys to open for, who would it be?
0: There are a million, but I think I speak for Joe, but I'll let him also speak for himself because I'm a benevolent band leader.
2: Um, (laughs) Excuse me. me.
0: Uh, I don't know. The dream for me, honestly, would be the Gaslight Anthem. Like, they changed my life in terms of how I viewed songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, I mean, them, like, And I know they're up to something right now. I keep seeing all like on Instagram all the weird videos and the maroon colors that they're posting. So when if this is a tour, I'm available we're available. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. At least for one show. But like yeah, they changed my life. So like them.
2: Uh I have to pick one or can I ramble on about a couple? Well, uh give
1: me give me your your few, but like Let's hear like let's 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 just hear it. Yeah, go Uh, ahead. I'll keep it
2: kind of light. Um, Definitely gaslight, like he said. That 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 definitely shaped a decent amount of what we do, how we think when we come to writing. Um, I just saw Manchester Orchestra over the weekend, and my goodness, have I not seen a performance like that in a very long time? I would love to play with them. Murder by Death. I've never been disappointed Mm. by a single performance that they've ever done. They're incredible. And lastly, the band you just named not so long ago, Lucero. They just seem like the coolest, funnest people to do a tour with. And again, just bands that we grew up listening to and just they're still making music and it's still great stuff. So like I would be we would be blessed to be able to do anything with them in any way. I, I like that list.
1: These are all these are all heavy hitters <laughs> for me as well. You That's probably why I had to give yes. you a list. I couldn't yeah. do one. I had to give you a couple. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Uh, it Who's your
0: goal, oh, uh, dream?
1: For, well Nobody, none of the bands that I really like would I, I don't know if you've heard any of my recent music, but I don't think any of the bands I like, I would probably be a great fit to tour with, honestly. Like, I'd be better, I'd be better suited opening for like, probably like, I don't know, some more like industrial act or something. Like, I I don't think, I don't think I would be a very good opener for Gaslight, even though they're one of my very (laughs) favorite bands. I think people would be like, what what is going on right now <laughs> like i like, I don't understand this, but if I could open for like like a more industrial or maybe uh something something like noisier along that lines, it would probably make more sense otherwise yeah, i don't sure. think I don't think they'd they'd really have me out I guess if I opened for alex uh with his dead swords project, that would Love make that. sense yeah that, that would make thing. sense, yeah,
0: yeah. But it could um, be good. It could work in your favor not fitting at all. Cause people remember that forever. Like some of the shows that we played like over the years, there have been like such weird bands. And you know, like good bands are great, but like you always remember the really weird ones. Forever. That's true.
1: That's true. I just I've been I'm listening to I don't know if you've guys you guys have heard the No Dogs in Space podcast or not. But mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's it's done by uh oh my brain just failed. Uh, Marcus uh, who do, Marcus Parks, that's his name, for who does
2: the last podcast on the left. Oh, I a, love last podcast on the left. Yeah. I didn't know they did another one. Okay, I, now I know to give that a listen as well. Yeah, yeah well, it's all music. It's all music. Him and his oh. wife, Carolina,
1: they dive into different bands, and it's a, such a good podcast. They do such a good job. And that's their awesome. banter back and forth is great because they're married, and they don't just like make fun of each other. And <laughs> it's great. But they, I'm currently listening to their series they did on the band Suicide, Mm -hmm. and it's like hearing about Suicide like opening for uh, Elvis Costello and the Clash and like everything, and it did not go well. Like (laughs) it didn't. The fans were not appreciative of Suicide. Suicide's weird. Like Suicide's weird, and they're like, they. It's like a synth-driven two-piece, and like you know the the. One guy's playing the synths, and the other guy's vocalist. And he's just, like, hitting himself in the face with a microphone and screaming <laughs> in the microphone. And, like, it's a really intense experience. And they're, like, kind of a musician's band. Like, musicians really like them. But they never really broke out in the same way that, you know, some of their contemporaries did. Like, they were, you know, playing around the same time as the Ramones and bands like that. And they were always kind of regulated to, you know they just were they're harder to listen to. You really got to be in the mood for them. And so they're, you know, Elvis Costello loved them and he's like, I'm bringing you on tour and then people are just throwing things at them on oh, stage no. and just like, yeah, like they caused multiple riots cuz people just hated it cuz it was too much for the Jeez. for the general population. So, um yeah, it, I don't know that I would elicit quite that reaction, but <laughs> uh, it not. does make me wonder if sometimes you do need to fit the
0: bill a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, you're right on that one. But I never understood yeah. that like we don't like this music. We're going to destroy everything. Like just <laughs> just, just wait it out. Just it's half an hour, man. It'll just yeah, it'll be over.
1: Yeah, or just yeah. go outside for a little
0: bit. Like yeah.
1: go like I don't know. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah. I I agree. I've never heard anything that made me want to throw something at somebody.
2: Nope, no, 0%.
1: <laughs> but maybe I'll throw myself at somebody, but that's a different <laughs> yeah. thing. You know, <laughs> maybe go outside for a little bit longer than I normally would, but
2: yeah, yeah I don't, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, it happens, you know. Well, so we're kind of getting close-ish to the the point where I would ask the classic questions, and mm-hmm. there are two of you, so it might take a little bit more time. So why don't we give the floor to you right now? Like you can shout out anybody you want to shout out. You can plug anything you want to plug. You know. Tell your grandma you love her. Whatever it is, now is the time if you want to say it to a couple thousand people. And Now is the time to do it.
0: Yeah, I want to, I guess, do the self-promotion. We have an album coming out April 22nd called The Glory of the Defeat. It's been like three years in the making, and I'm really excited. I, um, I truly think it's like the first Old Currents album. Uh, I forget what interview I was listening to, but someone said like, your first album is an amalgamation of all your influences and your heroes, and your second album is where you truly find your voice. It's not true for everybody, but I think that's true for us. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that. Um, I want to shout out uh, Chris Badami, who recorded our album. I want to shout out Craig Sirinelli who's been doing art for us. And he's been our band dad ever since we met him, like, like five, six, seven years ago, whatever it was. He's helped helped guide us every step of the way. Um, Eric DiCarlo, who does our music videos. Um, at, and just pretty much, like, everyone that we've become friends with over the years in the music scene, like, I don't want to leave anybody out, but like, like our friends at Beautiful Somewhere—they've helped us so much along the way. Our friends in Toploke. I just want to give a general shout out to everyone who's still supporting local music. Plain and simple, like this, this keeps going because of you. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for them. What about you?
2: I mean, he's pretty much nailed everybody. I'll shout a couple more bands just to make sure we get him on there. Uh, Will Romeo, next cars. Love you, bud. I was texting you this morning about I think you just borrowed a Nash from somebody. Oh um all right, we, we play occasionally in a band called Dunker Hook. They're a little like indie alternative project. If you guys want to give that a, a quick listen, that's a it's a fun little thing to to pop into. Um, and our album release show, just for some more shameless uh, self-promotion. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but May 21st in Teen Egg Debonair Music Hall. So that that's going to be a little fun one.
0: Yeah, and then cool. shout out to the Tone Mob yeah, for giving course. you something to listen to on my walks.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. That means a lot. Thank you very much. Because, like you said, in a similar way, like the only reason I keep doing this is because people keep downloading it if people (laughs) stop downloading it then i would probably stop doing it so yeah uh, keep keep the downloads coming and i'll uh i'll keep the episodes coming so thank you very much okay let's get into these classic questions you know i want to i know you know what's coming so you guys Mm -hmm. are chambered and ready like and prepared so
0: i'm excited (laughs) to hear this so let's, let's go with the first one favorite boss pedal favorite boss pedal it was the first pedal i ever got got it at a garage sale it was a uh Boss Digital Reverb. I don't remember specifically what uh, incarnation, but that's been my reverb pedal for every show that I've used for the last like ten years. The thing refuses to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And it, yeah. It, He's tried. And uh, yeah. And but the <laughs> thing is, is it's it's perfect. It's like it's like the Toyota of of reverb pedals. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's like. But do you need reverb? This will do it for you. Yes, nothing. And more, it will turn less. on every time. Yeah. Every I, single time. It's been awesome.
2: Uh, for me, it's probably the noise suppressor N2, because that was my first like dive into like an effects loop. Like, I, I never really had it. I just kind of ran it like daisy chained. And after I did that, I was like, I will never do this again. Like, tone can be so much better when you when you separate these wonderful things. Not that you need <laughs> to, there's plenty of other ways to avoid that, but I did it. I was like, I sound so much better than I did 20 minutes ago. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's fun about pedals in general, right? It's
1: like with one small change, mm-hmm. the whole thing is now a, sometimes a different instrument. Like you plug a Maris yeah. Enzo in, all of a sudden you're playing a synthesizer. Like mm-hmm. this is a different mm-hmm. thing now. We're doing something totally different. And I think that's what the appeal of pedals really is. Sometimes the subtleties are nice, but those drastic shifts in what you do with with very little, you know, investment and effort is
0: what makes pedals so awesome. I love oh, yeah. pedals. They're the best. They exactly. Are. They make you better as a player. Like that. So that's what they don't want you to know. There's your
2: science s- behind that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your skill literally <laughs> increases with every pedal you buy.
1: It actually makes you better as a
0: person. That's yes. That's yes. true. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm doing. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I buy pedals for everyone else. It's not for me. It's for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You want me to have pedals because then I am a more competent, better. <laughs> Person, that's all around better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more pedals you own, the it's, it's exponential. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. just saying, you know, you got to get more. So that means Josh Scott is the best person on the planet, I guess. That is,
0: that the... is true.
1: <laughs> J- I think that's how God. that works. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I think uh four thousand is the number I was told
0: that he. Has oh, that's 4, it. That's pedals. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord, that's
1: a lot of pedals.
0: It's a lot of pedals. <laughs> Do you think he's played them all? Uh, probably.
2: Do you think we can convince him to play them all at the same time and see what sound comes out? I'm
1: sure if you could, like, hook him up with a cable and power supply uh, sponsorship, (laughs) all the power supply in the world. Yeah, he would definitely give it a try. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now you guys are from New Jersey, so this last one's going to be. I'm sure you have some feelings on some very deep feelings
0: on this question. So let's get Mm. into it. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Favorite kind of pizza is I always get two Sicilian with pepperoni slices from John's Boy in Glenrock. Mm-hmm. That's that is my go to every time. Everything else nice. they do is fantastic. But two Sicilian with pepperoni, that that fills you up for the entirety of your day. Delicious. Entirety.
1: Like
0: really? Entirety of your day. Yeah. And a little bit into the night too. <laughs>
1: those those have to so be little. substantial. I know Sicilian's a thicker slice, but like those gotta be Heavy to last you all day.
0: I'm I'm trying to think of like like comparison wise what to even compare it to. They're maybe, like
2: the size of a pedal, like a double like knobbed pedal. Like they're they're thick, they're thick
0: boys. Oh, <laughs> they're very thick. But it's like maybe like one of those like LR bags, like uh yeah. DI boxes. It's like okay, the size yeah. of that, but then stacked times two. Mm-hmm. So like that's my go to every time. Shouts like out it. to John's boy.
2: What? Um being how we gotta pick one, I'm gonna go to Francesca's. Shout out to Adam, our, our buddy who's a partial owner there. Uh I just like me a good uh either chicken bacon ranch or I like I like a buffalo slice. I'm definitely a big fan I, of the, the buffalo sauce, buffalo slice. I do I do like a buffalo chicken, is I, I don't do it all often because I feel like
1: you know it's one of those things. It's kind of like a taco pizza where if I want mm-hmm. a taco pizza, don't I just really want a taco? Shouldn't I just go get a taco? And I kind of feel the same about a buffalo slice. Like, don't I just want buffalo wings? Isn't that what I want? But you do, but the buffalo
2: slice is mobile. You can walk around
1: yeah, and enjoy that. You can, and it's a it's it it's kind of an added it's an added sensation with the crispiness of the bread and like yeah. it's it is kind of more of its own thing than perhaps a taco pizza would be. Although taco pizza I'm not yeah. mad about. It's just like Maybe I should
0: just get tacos.
2: You know, you can't be mad at pizza ever, to be honest.
0: And like, I want to say this just about pizza in general, too. I'm not drawing lines, but it's, it's like all pizza is good pizza. It's like every puppy is a good doggo. Every, every, all pizza is good pizza, you know, just by being pizza.
1: A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. And you said you've never been <laughs> mad at pizza before, but since it's fresh on my mind, I've been mad Uh-oh. at pizza. I've been mad at pizza before. <laughs> at the, at the, the... My former place of employment, the only place at the time that would deliver to them was a, a really bad pizza place that I was... I was happy to sh- find out was no longer in business uh, when I drove by it just yesterday. <laughs> uh, you were they really were in business mad. For,
2: my goodness. Oh,
1: yeah. I was, I was like... Well, I, I, yeah, I was because I'd get it and I'd, I'd literally just shave all the toppings off and throw the crust in the garbage. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Like the, yeah, like, so we baited it. it you're just eating
0: cheese.
1: Yeah. I was just eating cheese and, and pepperoni and stuff because I didn't want that vile crust in my mouth. I was like, it's not worth this crust is Ooh, so bad. My goodness. It's not It's not worth the calories, right? Like some things like I'll mm-hmm. eat a, an obscene amount of calories if it's worth it. But if it's like this is also this is an obscene amount of calories and it's not very good. Like, no, yeah. I just. Why am yeah, I like, doing no, it? Yeah, you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, shave that up, throw <laughs> it in trash. But yeah, I, I was driving by there. I'm not in that part of town very often anymore. And I needed to be yesterday. And I was just like, I wonder if my old nemesis is still around. And I drove <laughs> by and was like, ha, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> you won. <laughs> I won somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to. That sounds really mean. I don't I don't want to see any small business fail, but that pizza was really bad. It but that was. one needed
2: to fail. I understand. It,
1: when in a in a city like Portland where there's so much good food, it was kind of inevitable that eventually like people were going to go somewhere else. Especially with now they're not the only delivery spot in town uh for that region. So I'm sure that's what crushed them eventually was Uber Eats. that <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll do you. <laughs> yeah. That was mean. Uh, so yeah, that's a great way to shut down a podcast, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on. This has been, thank you for having us. This has been awesome.
1: Really fun chat. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed, uh, the, the new video. I thought that was a lot of fun. Really. I could definitely hear the, the gaslight influence, but not in a way that I was like, they're ripping off gaslight. It was like, (laughs) I get it. I get
2: it. That's all I want. We're glad to hear that for sure. We always worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sending this to Brian. Look at what they're doing. Um, (laughs) If I get a cease and desist letter in the mail, I know who to speak to. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, for Jake and Joe, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. There you have it. There's another one in the can. And, of course, if you would like to support the show, you can get more of this conversation over on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash tone mob, and for five bucks a month, you can get extra episodes beamed directly to your ears every single week. Or, if you are an Apple user and you use Apple Podcasts, there is a premium subscription option in your Apple Podcasts application. And, additionally, This month, at least, hopefully it continues going forward. If you go follow me on Instagram, you can just watch reels. You can watch my reels, and they're apparently going to fork out a little cash at long last. And every time you watch it, that will help me as well. So watch as many of the reels that I've made in the last, you know, few days here as this episode airs, and I will continue to post for the next month or so. And if you could watch those, that Sounds like it's going to help me out as well. So thank you to everyone who's followed. Thank you to everyone on the text chat. Thank you for listening. Please share this with a friend if you can. And you know what? I'll see you on the internet. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com/stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings? So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say... Based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gun as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.